0: Hello and welcome back to the 4th episode of the Globe podcast. This week we will be meeting with juniors Alexandra Hegemeister and Maya Goldwasser to discuss the recent presidential debate. We will also meet with seniors Disha Chatterjee and Ruthie Pearson to get the rundown on the views of heading back to school. Before we start the episode we would like to remind everyone to be safe in the upcoming weeks, especially on Halloween. Please feel free to check out our last podcast where we discuss safe Halloween ideas. Most importantly, wear masks. Recording this episode, we wore masks during the segments and we would like to encourage our listeners to do the same. Last night was the final debate that America saw between the two presidential candidates, current President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. They took the stage with Kristen Welker as a moderator at Nashville's Belmont University. With muted opposing mics for the opening two minutes, the debate was calmer and better mannered than the first debate. However, we still have a lot to talk about. Here with us today is news section editor Alexander Hagemeister and reporter Maya Goldwasser. Thank you guys so much for coming and being on today.
1: It's great to be here. Hello. Thank you for
0: having us. So Trump says he's not going to risk thousands of jobs and businesses to appeal the Paris Accord. And I know we talked about it in our last episode with the climate change issue, but I would want to know like what your thoughts are on this.
2: Yeah. um, So the Paris Accord, although it is something that we should be in, uh, President Trump took us out of it. And it was a big step back in terms of climate reforms and action against climate change. Uh, But Joe Biden, he's trying to make strives to make up the difference of what Donald Trump kind of took us back in his election. So, you know, Donald Trump is saying that being in the Paris Accord would get rid of jobs and businesses and it would affect a lot of people very negatively. Well, that's actually on the contrary. um, Joe Biden says, and it is a fact, that switching to clean energy will provide people with more jobs. And after a while, it will become a more efficient source of energy than fossil fuel and coal and gasoline. So switching to these new cleaner forms of energy is actually much more efficient. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and adding
0: on to that, um, one of the ways that it will create more jobs by switching over to a more environmentally friendly uh reusable energy would be you know people do have to make the solar panels and there has to be people who install them and stuff like that so that's definitely one way it can add to more jobs exactly um another thing i wanted to talk about was that biden is planning um for the country to be carbon neutral by 2025. what are your thoughts on that is that possible
1: i think that it's definitely an ambitious goal but it's one that is achievable um when we work As one and we have the whole entire country working towards a cleaner energy, we can one join the Paris accord, which we talked about, but also continue to decrease fossil fuels, and we will get to a way cleaner and almost completely carbon neutral.
2: Yeah. And especially 2025, that is five years away. And I'm sure that's a giant bonus. He's trying to really appeal to his younger voters because climate change is going to affect the people who are just starting to vote now and the 20 year olds and even the 30 year olds. I mean, and especially the children and the teens of today. So having this goal of being carbon neutral by 2025 is It is ambitious, but it's an outstanding goal for him to have because not only is it something that would be amazing for the United States and the government, but it's something that would really get young people and young voters really invested in his campaign and his uh, climate change action.
0: Yeah, I was just actually going to bring up that point. Um, How do you think like their sort of stances on climate change will affect who votes
2: for them? Um, So... As we know, climate change is going to affect the younger people of this generation. And so it is very important or it should be dire for people to vote for their candidate that supports climate change. I mean, it's its a no brainer. Um, if you are young and you can vote or you know someone who can vote, you have to vote for a candidate who supports climate change measures because it's so important.
1: And another point is that Trump didn't have a plan to deal with climate change, so that will really hurt him with young voters, because although older voters may not care as much about climate change as a major issue, young voters specifically have a big passion for the future of this country and the future of our Earth.
0: Another thing I really wanted to talk about was the whole issue of racism that was addressed during the debate. Trump had a very interesting reaction to be called a racist. And uh, here's the clip from that.
1: It's a very, it makes me sad because I am, I, I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark, but I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist
3: person in this room.
1: Trump said this quote when he was talking in a room with Kristen Welker, a black indigenous woman who was moderating this debate. He's not the least racist person when there's a black person in this room.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I was a little shocked when he just like flat out said that he was the least racist person in the room, because I feel like they're so they're first of all, they're worse, like other people in the room who he did not know. Second of all, Trump has had extremely large numbers of, you know, accusations of him being a racist and even an accusation of being racist is concerning
2: yeah i completely agree um him calling himself the least racist person in the room is him also inherently calling everybody else in the room racist, more racist than him, which um, raises a pretty big red flag for me personally, if I were thinking about voting for Donald Trump, and then having him uh, say he's less racist than I am.
1: I also think this is especially concerning after he said his first impression of Black Lives Matter was that it was hostile towards police.
0: Yeah, I was I was very surprised after that. I looked at my dad, who is sitting on the couch behind me, and I was like, did he is is that I was like, that's definitely concerning that that's his first, you know, impression of Black Lives Matter, because I feel like the movement is so much more than just violence. And there's so many things that have happened before, you know, the potentially, you know, more violent protests that have been peaceful and amazing. And there are so many peaceful and amazing protests that it shocked me when he was like, that's the first time I ever heard of it, because it has been an issue for so long that that cannot be the first time you've heard of it.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, he focuses on the negatives. It's, it's a reoccurring thing that he does. I mean, it's really something that is not new to Donald Trump. He focuses on the negatives of events, whether it be really any public issue, but in this case, Black Lives Matter, he focuses on, oh, the business are being hurt, but it's more than just the businesses. It's the jobs. It's fighting for rights. And I don't really think he gets that fully.
0: For me, one of the most shocking moments of the debate was when Trump said, quote, nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump, with the exception, possible exception of Abraham Lincoln,
2: end quote. What do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Um, the fact that Donald Trump said that with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln, um, quite astounding, honestly. Um, Abraham Lincoln was the man who, um, freed the slaves and being compared to Abraham Lincoln or him comparing himself to Abraham Lincoln is inappropriate, wildly inappropriate,
1: He also failed to mention that the Civil Rights Act was written by JFK and was signed by Lyndon B. Johnson, two other presidents who have done significantly more for the black community by passing this act.
0: Not even just presidents, but like he said the black community as a whole. And for me, I was shocked. I was like, what about Martin Luther King Jr.? What about John Lewis? Like all these very famous historical figures that, are known for leading the black community. And they're just, he's just completely
2: ignoring them. It's, it's ridiculous. He is comparing himself to these idols and in these in these like monumental figures in the black community and in our, you know, whole social construct as a whole. And he's comparing himself to these heroes. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous.
1: Also, has he forgotten that we had our first black president? President Obama was incredible for the black community in being representation. They got to see a person of color in the Oval Office.
0: Yeah, and honestly, just, I don't know, I was shocked by the whole thing. Speaking of racism, what was your reaction when Trump was talking about how children were brought over from across the border and and people coming in had a low IQ, and they were drug dealers and rapists and all his other stuff.
2: I mean, this is what Donald Trump does. He dehumanizes things, whether it be climate change, and he's making climate change about businesses, or the Black Lives Matter about them vandalizing businesses. And even this, I mean, it's he's not even taking account of these parents trying to go to the United States to give their child a better chance and a better life than they had.
1: He also continues to mention the coyotes.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's just one thing I did want to mention. A lot of people who I've been seeing aren't 100% sure what a coyote is. Um, And I would just like to take a second to clarify that a coyote in this case does not mean the four-legged animal that is similar to a dog or a wolf. Uh, A coyote is someone who transports people across the border. Um, You know, this might be may more on the illegal side, but we don't know really about their histories and there's so many different people who do it. So that is what a coyote means.
1: And one of the most frustrating things to me was that Trump said that the kids were well cared for. They are literally being taken away from their parents and they might not find them again. They might not find their parents again. How is that being taken care of?
2: Exactly. When he said that there were 500 children separated from their parents, 500 children separated from their parents. That is in no way, no way should he have said that these children are being taken care of. Yeah, I completely agree. I'd like to move on to our
0: next topic, which I just want to talk about what you guys thought about the whole, you know, coronavirus section during the debate. What main differences were there between Trump and Biden's plans for COVID? And like, how do you think that will affect schools, et cetera?
1: Biden has plans to use funding to actually protect the people. He wants to protect the people by not opening up everything too fast. And unlike Trump, he actually is listening to the scientists about what medical professionals believe is the right decisions to make.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And, you know, one thing that I really think about is how it was kind of just a blame game when Trump was talking. He said, quote, China's fault that it, referring to coronavirus, came here. And to me, I was like, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But my biggest thing is I don't want to know whose fault it is that it came here. I, as a listener, even though I can't vote, but my parents were in the room with me and they can,
2: want to know what you're gonna do about it. Exactly, I mean, at this point, we've heard enough of these politicians spitting out these false claims that the vaccines are coming and that we're containing the virus and that it's gonna be okay. It's not okay. We've had over 200,000 people die because of our government's incompetence surrounding this virus. I mean, sure, maybe the virus started in China, but that makes no excuse that we failed. We failed to help our citizens cope with it, whether it be through stopping the transmission, which is the big thing, keeping our business afloat, making sure people have a way of life around the virus. I mean, there's no way, there's no way that he can say that the virus is handled. He failed.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think something that inspired me a little more was when Biden, when, well, Trump said that we're learning to live with it and That just didn't sit right with me because I don't want to learn to live with it. I'm excited for the moment when I can go to my senior prom, when I can have a normal senior graduation. And, you know, that's a year away for me because I'm a junior. But I still hope that that's going to be able to happen. And, you know, Biden in response said, we're not learning to live with it. We're dying with it. And that really struck me.
1: I agree. I think it's ridiculous how much Trump doesn't value human life. He doesn't remember that there are so many people who have died and there are so many family members who have to deal with losing someone. That's just terrible.
2: Yeah, completely. Um, Biden said that there are over 200,000 empty seats at the table that these people are reaching over on their beds and trying to touch their partner that is no longer there and that's just so powerful i don't i honestly do not think that trump can comprehend how many people is 200,000 people i mean that's so many people that's a, that's family members neighbors aunts uncles grandparents parents friends i mean it's learning to live with it he says people are dying and he's trying to get over it. It it completely, he's dehumanizing the pandemic, which has taken lives, important lives.
0: Yeah. And I know that's kind of a sad note to end on, but I just want to thank both of you for coming on today and talking. I think we heard a lot of information that has been super helpful. And if I have to end off this segment with any one thing, I'd really like
2: to encourage people to vote blue. Thank you for having us, Ella. A really powerful.
1: And I definitely agree. Please vote blue and please think about the future of our country.
0: For our next segment, we will be discussing the new back to school schedule and opinions surrounding it with editors Ruthie Pearson and Deisha Chatterjee. Hey guys, thank you so much for being on.
4: Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much.
0: How do you feel about the going in the morning versus the afternoon half day schedule?
3: Um, personally, I feel like uh, it should have been a alternating day schedule instead of having the whole school come in on one day, even if you split it half and half. And also, I don't really like the morning schedule because I'm assigned to the mornings and I've really been enjoying the extra hour of sleep I get. Yeah, with this 9 a.m schedule and I think just going back to that would be kind of detrimental for a lot of people's sleep schedules
4: yeah I think it's like it could be better and um, like I'm gonna be assigned to the afternoon which is kind of nice to be able to still have that extra time in the morning but I think like Disha said it might be better if we had like alternating days or we were assigned by like our specific classes or that sort of thing just to make it a little more like easier to make that transition
0: yeah, so if you had to pick, would you pick going in the morning or in the afternoon?
4: Um, I think I would pick the afternoon.
3: Afternoon, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, you also mentioned going, like, alternating one day versus the other. Do you think that would be more effective in preventing the spread, or do you think it would just be, like, the same?
3: I think it would be more effective just because you have half the school like coming in on one day only and you don't have every single person making contact with the teachers and stuff like that so personally I think having half the school I mean yeah half the school come in on alternating days would be better
4: yeah I think so too and like I also think that'd be maybe more effective for like cleaning purposes because I feel like having like morning and then afternoon they can't really like do a deep clean or anything in between those times. So, yeah, I, th- I think it would be more effective mm-hmm. to do it
0: that way. One thing I did hear is that the school is installing a new sort of air conditioning, heating like system that will help like sort of move the air in and out faster and sort of, I guess, cleanse the air. Um, so that'll definitely be interesting. Do you guys think that people will follow the mask and like six foot rules? And do you guys have any suspicions on how they're going to enforce that?
3: Um, I personally think that it would be hard for a lot of students to follow that just because already so many people are breaking social distancing rules and mask rules and hanging out with their friends. And while I think they could enforce it in the classroom during periods when you're like walking in the hallways or talking with your friends outside of a class, um, it might be a little hard to enforce that. And I do think people will probably take off their mask or get close to people just in the course of one school day.
4: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I also think that like, um, I don't know, I feel like at the elementary level, it's harder. And I would hope that at the middle and high school, it'd be easier. But I think it would be really, really hard for them to like actually enforce that. And it'd just be tedious to try and like constantly remind people. And so I don't know, I I would like to think that people would follow it, but I'm not sure it would actually be executed.
0: Mm -hmm. What are your guys's like, what are you most looking forward to about going back to school?
3: Getting to see people again because I haven't seen a lot of people since the pandemic started. And even though it would be socially distant and would be wearing our masks and probably not have a lot of time to talk to each other, it would still be just fun to see everybody's faces again.
4: Yeah, I would say also like definitely seeing people again and also just having that like one-on-one interaction with the teachers would is going to be really helpful because with like online school, it's really hard to like get everyone engaged and like pay attention when you know, a lot of times people just have their cameras off or on mute. So I think getting that like in-person interaction with the teachers is going to be really helpful.
0: Yeah. What's one thing that you're maybe not so excited about going back? Like what's maybe a worry or something that, you know, maybe you just like don't want to wake up early or something like that?
4: Um. Yeah, I'd say just like the worry that not everyone will follow the rules or just mm-hmm. that maybe I'll come into contact with someone who tests positive or, I could potentially be putting my family at risk. I think that's the biggest thing for me.
3: Yeah, definitely. I agree with Ruthie said. And I also think that I'd be scared of putting teachers at risk because I know they have to see so many kids at school. So that's one thing I'm concerned about, just because I don't think everybody would follow the rules appropriately and because going back to school in general is kind of a risky thing to do right now when cases are so high.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And last thing so you both are seniors and what's one thing that, you know, you maybe are looking forward to at the end of the year, some tradition, something that you want to do before your senior year is over?
3: Obviously graduation is something I'm looking forward to and prom because we missed it last year Mm -hmm. due to Corona. So I hope that we have some sort of socially distant prom or something.
4: Yeah, me too. I think prom is also a really big thing for me. And since we like have already missed homecoming and like the homecoming pep rally and that sort of thing, I really just hope that, um, at the end of the year, um, we'll be able to have some sort of prom or something, uh, that we're back in person for that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and talking with us about that.
4: Yeah. Thanks. It's glad to, it's great to be here.
0: This has been another episode of the Globe Podcast. Thank you for your listening support and make sure to check out chsglobe.com.